This morning we find ourselves again in the 13th chapter of Mark where Jesus taught about future events. Last week we focused on the first part of the chapter where he taught about the fall of Jerusalem and the tribulation. Today we focus on the second part of the chapter where he taught about his return. Let me, let me read it for you, Mark 13, 24 through 37. It says, but in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not certainly pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for this opportunity to share today. And God, I pray that you will open our hearts and minds to the truths that Jesus has for us in this passage. God, I pray that you'll speak through me to each of us. And God, that we'll be not just hearers of your word, but we'll be doers of your word. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a greeting that my dad used to often use around church. He would tell people, Maranatha, Maranatha. That was a greeting used by the early church in the first century. It is an Aramaic word that means the Lord is coming. See, as these early Christians gathered for worship, then as they left from worship... They would say to each other, Maranatha, reminding each other amidst their persecution that the Lord Jesus was coming again. You know, we don't do that anymore. And yet I believe that Jesus wants us to live our lives with a hopeful anticipation of his return. That's the reason behind Jesus' teaching here in Mark 13. He had told his disciples that the temple and the buildings around the temple would one day be destroyed. 
Not one stone here, he said, would be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Of course, the disciples wanted to know when that was going to happen. And so they asked Jesus in Mark 13, 4, tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled? Matthew's gospel recorded the disciples' question just a little differently in Matthew 24, 3. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? The disciples certainly wanted to know about the destruction of the temple, but they also wanted to know about Jesus' coming and the end of the age and the signs that these events were going to be fulfilled. So in the first half of Mark 13, Jesus focused, as I said earlier, on the destruction of Jerusalem and the tribulation and the signs related to those events. But now here in the second half of the chapter, Jesus focused on his return and the signs related to that event. Jesus began this part of his teaching by giving us a picture of the Lord's return. Listen again as I read Mark 13, 24 through 27. But in those days following that distress... The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens." Jesus had been talking about the destruction of the temple and the tribulation. But now he turns his attention to event, an event that will take place after those events have been fulfilled. And that event is the second coming of Christ. And when that happens, the sun and moon will quit shining. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavens will be shaken. The church, the, the, the world as we know it, is coming to an end. It is at that point that everyone will see Jesus come in the clouds with great power and glory. And it's also at that moment that he will send out his angels to gather God's people from all over the world, the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Remember, this is what Jesus promised before he ascended into heaven after his resurrection. Acts 1, verses 9 through 11. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. A cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. These uh, angelic beings, we assume, told the disciples that Jesus was going to return. However, it is obvious 
that when he returns, he will return with much more fanfare, coming in the clouds with great power and glory, descending from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. As the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. The second coming of Jesus will be a cosmic event that all will see. But not all will be gathered to Jesus to be with him for eternity. Only those who have made him Lord and Savior of their lives. It is with that picture in mind, this second coming, Jesus shared with his disciples and he shared with us two short parables to teach us two important lessons about his return. The the first lesson is the lesson of the fig tree. We can be sure that the Lord will return. We find this short parable in just one verse, Mark 13, 28. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. The fig tree, unlike other trees in Israel, blossomed late. And so when you would see a tree a fig tree blossom, you would know that summer is right around the corner. It is even possible that Jesus may have been pointing to a, 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 a blossoming fig tree as he said these words. Man, it means summer is right around the corner. It's coming soon. And then Jesus taught the lesson from the fig tree. Mark 13, verses 29 and 30. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. These verses, like other verses in this chapter, are difficult to understand. On one hand, they seem to be saying that Jesus' return will happen before the generation that Jesus was speaking to dies. Now, obviously, that did not happen. And it has not happened in almost 20, year, 20, 20 centuries since Jesus presented th- this lesson. Now, maybe a better way to understand what Jesus taught here is to understand when he spoke about seeing all the things take place and that generation not passing away until all these things take place, all these things refer to the destruction of the temple and the other signs that are in the first part of the chapter. And these did take place while that very generation was still alive. That means according to the lesson of the fig tree, the second coming of Christ is near. It is right around the corner. Jesus is at the door, ready to return whenever God says it's time. I know that there are other interpretations to these verses, but we all must agree that Jesus is coming again and we can be sure of his return. Look at how Jesus closed 
that lesson, Mark 13, 31. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The world as we know it will pass away. One day God's creation, the earth below and the heavens above, will all be gone. But Jesus' words will never pass away. His words will stand forever. What he has said was true when he said it. And it is always, and it will always be true. And what he promised will happen, will happen as he promised. And that includes the second coming. That is the lesson of the fig tree. We can be sure that the Lord will return. That brings us to the second parable and the second lesson. It is the lesson of the master's return. We must keep watch for the Lord's return. It's interesting, this time Jesus gave the lesson before sharing the parable. We find the lesson, Mark 13, 32, and 33. No one knows the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. People, we may be sure that Jesus is coming again, but we don't know when it will happen. As a matter of fact, no one knows the day or the hour of the Lord's return except God the Father. The angels do not know the time of his return. Jesus didn't know the time of his return, and we do not know the time of his return. And yet through the years, there have been many who have thought they knew when Jesus was coming again. I remember the well-known preacher Jerry Falwell predicting back in 1999 that the second coming would probably come within the next 10 years. Well, it didn't happen within the next 10 years. And it hasn't happened here yet in 2022. Another well-known pastor, Ed Dotson, predicted the end would occur in his book, The End, Why Jesus Could Return by A.D. 2000. But again, it did not happen in the year of 2000. We simply do not know when Jesus will return. That's why we need to stay on guard and be alert because he could come at any time. I read this week that a guard in the Roman army could be executed for falling asleep on guard duty. Now that may sound harsh, but it is a harsh reality. If a guard falls asleep... The enemy might breach the defenses and kill those whom the guard was charged to protect. And so the Roman guard had to be on guard and stay alert. And spiritually, we need to stay on guard and be alert. Because we have an enemy who opposes us. We have an enemy who desires to lead us away from being disciples of Jesus. Remember how the Apostle Peter pictured the enemy, the devil. He pictured him as a roaring lion seeking someone that he can devour, devour spiritually. And so we simply must keep watch on our lives as we keep watch for the Lord's return. 
That that is really the second lesson, and here is the second parable. Mark 13, 34 through 36. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. The meaning of this parable is clear. The man in this story is the Lord Jesus, who has gone on a journey away. He lived here on this earth among us for 33 years. And then he ascended into heaven to be with his Father God. And so we are the servants. The servants who have been left behind, Jesus' servants left behind to do his work. We each have assigned tasks that we need to do, that he's given us. We each have gifts that he wants us to use in ministry. And until Jesus returns, he wants us doing our assigned task. He wants us using our gifts in ministry. He wants us keeping watch for his return. The servants in the story didn't know when their master would come back home. It could have been at any time of the night. And we do not know when Jesus will return. It can be at any time, day or night. The servants didn't want to be found sleeping if their master returned suddenly. And we shouldn't want to be found sleeping when Jesus returns suddenly. Instead, servants want to be found serving. Servants want to be found doing the work that the master assigned them to do. Servants want to be found keeping watch for their master's return. As Jesus' servants, we should want to be found serving, doing the work that he has assigned us to do, always keeping watch for his return. That's why Jesus closes this lesson simply in Mark 13, 37. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. That is the point of this second parable, that Jesus' disciples must keep awake and keep watch for the Lord's return. We must live our daily lives spiritually prepared for his second coming. I wonder exactly what does that look like? I mean, what do we do, need to be doing when our master Jesus returns? As I thought about those questions, I thought about all that we've learned in our journey thus far through Mark, about being one of Jesus' disciples. Let me share with you some verses. I I think these verses tell us what Jesus wants us doing as his disciples when he returns. Mark 1, 17. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus wants us fishing for people. He wants us impacting others for him. Mark 3, verse number 35. 
Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus wants us to be busy doing God's will in our lives, following God's word. Mark 8, 32. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus wants us to give up our way, sacrificing our lives and following him in all that we do. Mark 9, 35. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. Jesus wants us being servants, his servants, and serving others, all others. Mark 9, 31. Truly, I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. Jesus wants us helping people in need. Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Jesus wants us forgiving anyone of everything. And then two more verses, Mark 12, verses 43 and 44. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. People, Jesus wants us giving generously. Please understand that we are not saved by doing any of these things. We're not saved by doing all these things. We are saved by God's grace and our faith in Jesus and his sacrifice. But also understand, as disciples of Jesus, we are to be learning from him and living like him. I mean, that's what Jesus wants us doing when he returns. Learning from him and living like him. That's also what it means to live out this second lesson, the lesson of the Master's return. We must keep watch for the Lord's return. That brings us to our practical applications this morning. Each week, I try to share with you just some action steps that we need to do as a result of what we've learned from Jesus. Let me suggest three action steps today. Number one, be assured that one day Jesus will come again in the clouds powerfully and unexpectedly. I believe the Christians of the first century believed that it could happen at any time. I believe that's been true of believers down through the centuries, and I believe we need to live our lives with the sense that he is right at the door. <laughs> and this could happen at any time. And so number two. Make preparations for the Lord's return. Accepting Him as your Savior and serving Him as your Lord. 
The most important event coming up is the second coming of Christ. It will be the end of the world and life as we know it. And all that will matter at that point, all that will matter on that day is what we've done with Jesus. And whether we've accepted him as our Lord and Savior and whether we're serving him in our lives. And then last of all, be watchful each day for Jesus coming and be ready whenever it happens. You know, going back to my father's slogan there, his greeting, Maranatha, Jesus is coming again. That's the message. And people, we need to be ready. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for your word, and I thank you for your son and his teaching here. And God, I pray that you will just help us uh, to make preparation for your return. God, help us not to be sleeping spiritually, not to care about spiritual things when you return. Help us live our lives every day prepared for your coming, busy serving you, and using the gifts and abilities that you've given us to your glory. God, just work among us. Work through us that you might impact others. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. As always, we thank you for listening and sharing with us. And also, as always... Uh, We want you to know that if there's some way that we can minister to you or we can just pray for you, please give us a call on our church phone, 217-379-4443, or you can contact us through our website, uh, paxtonchurchofchrist.org. Again, thanks for listening. Pray that you have a great week ahead. We look forward to sharing with you again next Sunday. God bless. Goodbye.